Thank you, Lord. Uh, man, I, I, I'm excited because just where I get to start. Yeah, one of the, one of the best verses in the book for me. I mean, it's just brought so much revelation and and insight and strength to my life. And, and I just love going to Mark four twenty four, Mark four twenty four in the Amplified. He said, "Be careful what you're hearing. The measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you, and more besides will be given to you who hear." He said to them, "He, you know, uh, that, that's capital H. This isn't just one of the guys talking. Jesus is sharing with his crew and, and with the guys he was uh, discipling and, and building their life." He said, "Be careful what you are hearing. Be careful what you hear." That doesn't mean don't listen to everything. That means that when God's speaking, you be careful with what you hear. You give care to what you hear. Be, give care to what you hear. Because the Word of God has the power to, to change everything in your life. The level of thought and study you give to the truth you hear determines the level of virtue. Virtue is, is power. Power. The, measure, the, the level of power that God's Word has in your life is linked directly to the level of thought and study you've given to the truth, God's Word. That's why, you know, uh, we, we could all gather up and join five or six thousand people and go hear a message. And some people will come out and they'll, they'll, they'll you know, they'll just grab on to insane truth and, and demonstrate it in power. And other people won't have any change at all. What's the difference? Well, the thought and study that an individual gives the truth they hear. You know, you, you want to give thought and study. And he said, be careful what you are hearing. Because what you hear, look at what it says. What you hear is a multiplier in your life. The, the level of thought and study you give to the truth you hear determines the level of the power. And more will be given to you who hear. You, you realize that what you receive, how, how you hear it, be careful. In Luke it says, be careful how you hear how you hear it, the, what you hear, he said, that's going to multiply in your life. You're going to end up with more. Your, your, your understanding is going to increase. And it's going to, be, it's going to impact other areas of your life. What you think God said about that is going to impact other areas of your life. So you have to be careful what you hear. You want to make sure you heard God correctly. Hello, somebody. Look at your neighbor and say, it's time for you to pay attention. <laughs> If you think, if, if, if your understanding of what you've heard is that God's trying to restrain you, you end up living a restrained life. But if you hear that God's attempting to release you, you end up living a liberated life. Why? Because your understanding is, wow, God's come to set the captive free. And all of a sudden, you start walking in a freedom that you have never possessed before. And you can demonstrate Satan's defeat in all different kinds of areas of your life. Why? Because you have heard that God has empowered me to be free. But if you think, if you think that God's trying to, to put you down, if you, if what you've heard is that God is against you, that God, God, God wants to contain you. God's going to try to manipulate you. God's trying to take something from me. If, if that's what you hear, every area of your life is going to be uh, crushed under the power and the weight of that belief system. It's crazy what people have heard about God. That's why I want to call this message tonight. You heard what? You know, any time, any public figure, and God's a pretty public figure. 
Any public figure has to deal with the reality that his words are going to be taken out of context. And, and, and a lot of people, you know, uh, they just need to deal with the reality that not everything they've heard is true. Some of it's twisted. Somebody say amen. See, the serpent came in. Remember when he came in the garden, he was using, he even tried to use some of God's words. But, but the reality is, is that he came in, the serpent came in. He's all about limitation. And God was all about liberation. God's all about you getting free. Yeah, but there's so many rules. You know, in church life, there's just rules and regulations and hoops. And if it looks easy, we set the hoops on fire. And, and, and we got all of this stuff. And you just think about all the stuff you, you can't do and you can't have. You can't touch. You can't think. Can't say. Can't even look at. And then the Bible says, I've given you all things to enjoy. Don't make no sense to me. Hello, somebody. If you've heard God's out to get you. You'll miss the reality that God's out to bless you. You know, think about it. You know, I just we'll, we'll just go, uh, you know, like old school. Top ten. You know, the Ten Commandments. You know, we could talk about the 613 laws of Moses. Can you imagine that? Now, now don't lead us into legalism. 613 laws of Moses. And we know that they struggled with 10. How are you going to do 613? Well, you know, in the Old Testament, there's two types of commandments. There's general, general commandments, and those were for all times, for all people. And then there were specific commandments that were for a specific people, a specific place. But uh, the Ten Commandments, they're even referenced in, in uh, the New Testament, so they're still viable today. It just showed the heart of God. You know, but it's kind of interesting. You just say the Ten Commandments and all people think of is thou shalt not. And so we got a list of the, of the thou shalt not. So that's, that's what we've uh, grown up hearing. That's the part we've got down. Thou shalt not. And we, we just see God like with a big long stick. And if you do it, whack, he's going to get you. Look at your neighbor and say, you heard what? A lot of people think this is what God is like. Thou shalt not. God keeping me from doing the stuff I'd like to do. We'll look at it in Exodus 20. God spoke all these words saying, I am the Lord thy God, which has brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the sea. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them for i the lord thy god am a jealous god visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments thou shalt not take the name of the lord thy god in vain for the lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain remember the sabbath day keep it holy six days thou shalt labor and do all thy work but the seventh day, that's the Sabbath of the Lord thy God, and it, you're not going to do any work, not you or your kids, your manservant, your maidservant, cattle, strangers. Six days God made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them and rested the seventh day, wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Honor thy father and thy mother that thy days might be long upon the... What I was told growing up is honor thy father and thy mother so you will live. 
Thou shalt not kill. I tried to point that out one time. Got a black eye. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house. You know, and, and we got all these thou shalt nots. And, you know, we're looking at them and it kind of makes a little bit of sense. But we end up with this picture that God's just trying to keep us from doing stuff. He, he just, he's trying to manipulate and control my life and trying to bring all these rules and regulations in. But, but you know, it's crazy because a lot of people have no idea where all this started. And if you, if you go to Exodus chapter 19, verse 3 through 6, uh, we'll read it. We get a picture of how God actually gave these instructions. Check it out. He said, Moses went up unto God. Isn't that kind of cool that, that God called Moses up to his side? And the Lord called him out of the mountain saying, Thus shalt thou say to the house of Jacob and tell the children of Israel, You've seen what I did unto the Egyptians and how I bear you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. Now, therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then you'll be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people. For all the earth is mine and you shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. A holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. He, you know, it started off with, you know, we, we, we hear the thou shalt not, but a lot of times we haven't heard what led up to it. He said, you know what? I'm going to, I brought you out of bondage. I'm not bringing you into it. I brought you out of bondage and, and, and you've seen what I've done. And here's the deal. I'm making a deal with you. It wasn't just a thundering thou shalt not without a purpose. He was establishing a kingdom of kings and priests. He said, I spoke all these words saying, I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the house of bondage. He didn't say, I'm giving you these commandments to make you a slave. He said, I'm giving all these to you so you'll know how to truly enjoy the freedom that I've just delivered you into. Don't get it twisted. Don't, don't get it all messed up in your head because what he's doing, he's not taking something from you, but he's actually positioning you to receive something that's going to be insanely beneficial to your life. He's setting you up to win. You know, we got to get past all of the wrong thinking we have about God. His things happen and we feel like, like God's a big no God. Can I? No. Could we? No. You said if I'd ask, I'd. No. But God's not a no God. Actually, He's a yes God. I said He's a yes God. Look at your neighbor and say, God's for you. He's not against you. Next time you think God's given you a no, you, you need to remember he's always been about yes. Always. He's trying to free you. You know, uh, Stephen just came back, you know, from Oklahoma, spent three years down there. But uh, one year he was in an intern uh, program at, at a church called Guts, and they had rules. No dating during the program. Well, you know why that is. Because, you know, they're, 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 they're keeping those boys in line 
Well, Stephen's heart's not evil. He's not, you know, he, he's not hunting. <laughs> Say amen. Okay. I don't like the idea of having those rules. You know, TJ's just starting orientation this week. He's going to find out about rules. Uh, <laughs> I just want to say law. Well, it's so frustrating. You know, rules are frustrating only if you're a whiner or a complainer. Okay, rules are frustrating. Only if you're a whiner or a complainer. Because rules actually, you know why they do, you know why they do that with the, with the guys in the intern program and why they have rules at Raymond and why, why God has rules too, but why they had it, it, it wasn't to keep them from doing stuff they wanted to do. It was to protect them from being distracted by things that were actually against the purpose that they said that they were in pursuit of. What are you aiming at? You know, if you have been raised with Christ to a new life, then seek those things, aim at, strive after those things which are above where Christ is seated. It sounds like Bible. Set your mind and keep it set on the higher things. And God comes along and, and, and he said, you know what, I, I, I'm going to put these rules in place to protect you and to keep you from stuff that's designed to hurt and kill you. You know, I know a lot of people who would prefer living life without rules, but it just takes so many years cleaning up the mess that life without rules creates. Huh? Now, I know some of you are just trying to look forward right now and just not even blink. God put rules in place to protect the people from the harmful elements that were inside the land where he had just delivered them. You know, we used to be a slave to sin, but now we're free. So can I do anything I want? Not if you're really aiming at God life. You know, because there's some stuff that you want. Can, I, can, can we just be transparent for a minute? There's some things that we want that'll produce damage, not health. There are some things that we're drawn to that would actually take us out of the blessing instead of keep us in it. Our, our hearts and our minds, you know, well, I, I should, you know, uh, what, there's a scripture in the Bible that says all things are, are, are legal for me. Yeah, but the Bible also says, but they're not all profitable. It's not all profitable. You know, Jesus, Wednesday night we were talking about this, that Jesus was a friend of sinners. But the Bible also says that he was separate from sinners. So he was a friend, no condemnation, but he was separate, no compromise either. See, you and I need to understand something about the God life. You know, because you know what we want, what Shelby and I and and the leadership team wants. What we want for every person in this house is to live a level of victory that humiliates hell. But we 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 got to realize that uh, there are some things that God's put into place that will help keep us on track to collide with God life. 
And you have an enemy that's doing everything he can to uh, get you off the trail so that you won't have the ability to demonstrate his defeat. You know, think about this for just a minute. He's not trying to put a burden on your back. He's trying to lay a blessing on you. You know, you got, you got these Ten Commandments, but have you ever noticed that the first nine are really all externally discernible? Thou shalt not have of the gods. Don't bow down to idols. You know, if, if you're bound down to an idol, we can see that. Don't take the name of the Lord in vain. If, if you're doing that, we can hear that. You know, honor your mother and father. We can tell. We, get, we, we just watch, and we, we know whether that was there or not. Thou shalt not kill. Well, nobody saw it. It'll come out. You know, we can see the idols, and we can hear the Lord's name in vain. And, but that tenth one, thou shalt not covet. That's internal. That, that's, that's really internal. Matter of fact, see, see how good you are. Am I coveting right now? Welcome to the party. You know, coveting is not just wanting something like what somebody else has, Ron. But it's wanting what? I like how you moved. It's wanting what they have. So they, they can't have it. Like the microphone. Like, like, like the attention. Ron. You know what he was saying? Maybe, maybe that tenth one isn't so much of a commandment as it is a reward. That if you'll live life with those first nine, you won't want anybody else's life. You'll just be so thankful for what God life has produced for you. That if you'll do these, thou shalt not covet. You won't be looking around wishing you had what they had. No, 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 no. You'll be celebrating the life that you have. What we thought was an attempt to prohibit us was actually an attempt to permit us to have the very best life possible. John 10.10. Do we know it? He said, the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. But I've come that you might have and enjoy life. Have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. His desire is that you have such a crazy good life. But if you allow the enemy to twist the way that you, that you hear God's instructions... You'll swear he's trying to take something from He's trying to keep something from it. He's trying to hold back from me. But no, I'm here today to tell you that in every single situation, God's taking you to something that's better than you've ever dreamed of or imagined. 
Ephesians 2.10, we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we might do the good works which he predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time. He prepared a path ahead of time. And he said, this is the way, walk ye in it. Thou shalt not turn left. Thou shalt not turn right. Just keep coming this way. Look, why? That we should walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. It's a good life. Yeah, but I asked God. You know, the Bible says that if, if we ask for anything according to his will, and we know that he hears us, we can have it. Well, yeah, so when you ask and it's no, could it possibly be that his will is better than what you were wanting? You know, how many of us guys, and, and, and you know, uh, uh, and you don't, you don't have to respond because I know most of you are cowards and you wouldn't anyways, but, but, uh, especially Ron, but, uh, you know, if, yeah, I, I just think about life growing up. I got to tell you something. My life was not, at, it wasn't too close to normal. Uh, started traveling at age seven, going all over the place, you know, and riding in the, in the cars and in the vans and in the buses and, 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 and you know, and doing music and doing tent meetings and doing church and doing all this stuff. And, 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 you know, hey, I, I was, uh, you know, as, as I was growing up, I was a young man. About every church we went into, there was a young lady there that, that I would begin to pray for. Give me that one. I'll take that one. And God would say no. Do you see what I'm doing for you over here, God? I don't even get to play baseball. (laughs) Because God had a yes for me. That was better than any of the no's. Had he given me what I wanted when I wanted it, it would have... You all right? You okay? I heard a demon come out in Jesus. Feel better? You look better. What if God had answered your prayer? You ought to be happy. Because you wouldn't even be here. You'd just be floating around in space somewhere. I love this psalm. Psalm 16. Check it out. Keep and protect me. Keep and protect me, God, for in you I have found refuge. And I put my trust. Really? What about when you ain't getting what you want? I just want to encourage you tonight. Because some of us, we've heard some crazy stuff. You heard what? He said, I, 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 I found my refuge in you. I put my trust. I hide myself. Look at verse 2. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good beside or beyond you. As for the godly and the saints who are in the land, they are the excellent, the noble, and the glorious in whom is all my delight. Their sorrows shall be multiplied who choose another God. Their drink offerings of blood will I not offer or take their names upon my lips. 
The Lord is my chosen and my assigned portion, my cup. You hold and maintain my lot. The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. You know what he's saying there? The boundaries you put in my life have kept me in a pleasant spot. Thank God for the boundaries. Thank God that, I, I, that, that there was something there stopping me from doing some of the crazy stuff that ran through my head. Yes, I have good heritage. I will bless the Lord who has given me counsel. My heart instructs me in the night seasons. I have set the Lord continually before me because He is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad and my inner self rejoices. My body, too, will rest. You know, a lot of us ain't getting any rest because, well, we've been fighting to get what we want. And when we got it, it created so much havoc. And then we're wanting God to fix what He told us not to do. Huh? My inner self's rejoicing, my body's finding rest, and I dwell confidently in safety. For you will not abandon me. Neither will you suffer your Holy One to see corruption. You will show me the path of life. It's crazy. That if you hear it wrong, you think God's trying to take the joy of life from you. But if you're careful what you hear. He's trying to take you down the road to life. In your presence, the fullness of joy. And at your right hand, pleasures forevermore. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. God's laws are not a prison sentence. But they're a permission slip. They open the door for life for me. They don't close the door. I, I'm, I'm hoping, especially you, you young people in the room tonight, that you realize that God has a, an awesome future for you. But if, you, if you're not careful, you, you, you know, your, your mindset gets twisted. You know, and, and we say, you know, it's, it's, and sometimes we say some stupid things to people, you know, and, and, and to our kids trying to, because, you know, we know where we want them to be, where, where God wants them to be. But, but we, we say stupid stuff to try to keep them from doing the stuff that's going to lead them astray. You know, I mean, you know, think about it. You know, you, you're telling your, your kids about, uh, about premarital sex. Don't do that. That's bad. Sex is bad. Sex is dirty. Sex is evil. It'll give you diseases. Save it for your husband. You know, it doesn't really make sense, but, you know, we hear stuff. We hear stuff that's wrong, and, and the reality is God's leading the way. He shows me the path to life, fulfillment, blessing. He thought God was beating you down. 
thought God was trying to keep you from something. It's because you heard wrong. You know, that's Old Testament. Okay, First Peter 2.9. You are a chosen generation. A royal priesthood. A holy nation. Sounds just like Exodus. A peculiar people. A special treasure to God. So that you can show the praises of Him who called you out of darkness. To let you walk in His marvelous light. You don't get the marvelous light doing it any way you want to. You get marvelous light doing it His way. Every thou shalt not is meant to lead you to a that you may. Thou shalt not, so thou shall may. Thou shalt not hold a grudge. That's hard. People are jerks. Thou shalt not hold a judge so that you may be free and receive full forgiveness from your father. He's not given a commandment to bear you down. He's given you a commandment to lift you up on eagle's wings. When all you see is the blessing, you're not looking far enough to see the blessing. If all you see is the burden... Man, it's just, it's just so restrictive. You heard wrong. God's not a no God. God's not a no God. So if you hear it right, anytime you hear him say no, you should feel pumped. Because he must be taking me to a yes. That's better. Well, I prayed for that, and we didn't get it. Cool. It's awesome. How can you say that? Because he must have something better. Because he's able to do exceeding abundantly above, beyond anything you could ask or think. So, uh, you know, it's his, it's his desire to bless you, to, to, to give you the, uh, all good things. It's his desire. So when he says no, when, when you fill that check and, and you learn to trust him and, and, you, and, you, and you learn to obey him, he's taking you to something greater. One, one more scripture. God's always, look at somebody, tell him God's always been a yes God. Look at this, 2 Corinthians 1, verses 19 and 20. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who is preached among you by us, by me and Silas and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in him it has always been yes. Is that awesome? It has always been yes. For no matter how many promises God's made, they are yes in Christ. All the promises of God in him are yes and Amen. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Even when you thought the no was kind of cruel, he had a better yes stored up for your future. I, I, I know some of you have dealt with disappointing nose. 
what you have to realize is that a disappointing no is setting you up for an appointment with yes. No, I want to say that again. A disappointing no sets you up for an appointment with a yes. If you didn't get the no, you wouldn't have the time for the yes appointment. You'd miss your appointment with yes. So you get disappointed with a no. It's tough when your hopes were set on something and you saw your future in something and then when you heard the no, you saw your future melt. Unless you can keep your mind set on higher things and realize that well, what I saw as a future must not compare to the future that God has planned for me. I don't want to miss my appointment with yes. I'm not telling you it's easy. I'm not telling you that that a disappointing no doesn't feel wrong. But be careful what you're hearing. Because in the middle of your disappointment, the enemy likes to come in and tell you, see, God really isn't for you. See, you're really not good enough. See, he didn't mean it when he said he'd bless you. See, and you have to have the strength to say, talk to the hand. Because I know God is for me. He is with me. He is able. He's going to pick me up. He's not going to tear me down. He's rescuing me. He's not, he's not putting me in bondage. He's leading me out. He's not making me a slave. He's teaching me how to live and stay free. Amen. I, I want you to close your book, bow your head. Let me just pray for you. Father, I just thank you tonight.